let's look in Mark chapter number 5. Mark chapter number 5. And I, I realize this. This is a very well-known account. Many of you may not know it word by word, but you know it well. You've heard it many times. Um, but I hope that that won't detract us from here. And I, I believe what you've got here is a, a picture of what happens to every man in salvation. I realize we're not, we're not all like this. We read about this man, the legion, and we say, boy, he was a, he was a lunatic. But I believe spiritually we're all this way. I believe we'll see that as we would look at this. So let's just read maybe a verse or two at a time and let's walk down through and try to see what the Lord's saying out of this. And they came over unto the other side of the sea into the country of the Gadarenes. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. So here... He, he begins here, they came to the other side. This was Jesus and His disciples. And, and this man with the unclean spirit, he dwelt over there. And they're coming to where this man is. Uh, man thinks today, man thinks awful highly of himself. And man thinks that he's working on himself or that he's laboring and, and laying up and he's getting to God based on what he's doing. But you know that they've got a they don't have a sound and a right view of just how holy, just and righteous that God is. You know that there's not there's not one of us here, and if we covered all of the face of the earth, there's not one living on the earth today. If we went all the way back to Adam, there's not one all the way back to Adam that's lived that God could accept. There's never been one. John said the earth was searched. Beneath the earth was searched. The heavens were searched. And there was no man found worthy. In Adam, there man fell in the garden. And he's become a sinner. Now as you and I look, as, as I lay myself down beside Buck, beside Lester, I might say, well, I'm not as bad as they are. But to God's truth is, they're sinners. And I'm a sinner, and you're a sinner. We've all fallen in sin, and because of sin now, God can't accept us. Because God is holy. Now, you know, if, if I'm going to say, well, I'm going to go find a wife, and if I'm going to marry her, she's going to have to be absolutely perfect. Am I going to find one? And it's the same for her. If she had have said that, she would have never married me. There's not one that's, that's just absolutely perfect. Well, there's, there's none now that God is going to accept among man by His works and by His deeds. There's nothing that I can do that's going to take me to God. But see, this salvation, this that God provided, is not man going up to God. He says, we don't have to go unto the heavens and bring Him down, nor do I have to go into the deep and bring Him back again from the dead. But this salvation is God coming to where fallen man was. That God came. Now here, here's a man in, in the Gadarenes and Jesus Himself is going to where this man was. And that's the way the Lord did. Man had fallen in sin and God left heaven and became a man, tabernacled with us for the purpose of death, that through Him we could be acceptable unto God. And there's no, there's no other way. Outside of the Lord Jesus Christ, we will be rejected. Outside of the Lord Jesus Christ, man cannot go to heaven. Outside of the salvation that God provided... God cannot accept sin into His heaven. Man's got to be perfect 
if God's going to accept him and Jesus Christ, the God-man that was born on the earth, the only one that's ever lived in a flesh and in a body with a mind that lived perfectly. So if I'm going then to a perfect God's heaven, I'm going only through Jesus Christ. There's no other way. And he came now, he came to where I was. I didn't come to church to find Him. I had been to church. I was taken to church. I was taught right. But you know, that honest to God, that didn't bring me to God. Listen, when He was come out of the ship, immediately there met Him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. Now I realize that that is, and even in this account... That's going to be greatly overblown to the point of, well, what this man, what's wrong with this man here in the Scripture, that's not wrong with me. But an unclean spirit now, that's, that's something that's not been cleaned, uncleaned. Or something that's impure or polluted. You know what this man was? Now, yes, he lived in the tombs. Yes, he was a crazy man. But you know why that was? Because what was in him was impure. You know why man lives in sin today? Do you know why? And let's not just... A lot of times we throw it outside of these doors and we throw it on everybody else. But to God's truth now, how are you doing in your war with sin? You got sin whooped out? You got it beat down? You able to overcome? Now that's saved people. See, we've still got in the flesh this corrupt and this unclean nature. But you know, before the Lord saved us, you know where that was. That wasn't just in the flesh and in the carnal mind, but on the throne of the heart. And you know what that caused me to do? Because what was in me was unclean, I lived an unclean life. It's the picture. We've got pictures. Peter says the hog, the pig, has returned to his wallowing in the mire. The dog has turned to his own vomit. Do you know why that is? Why can you clean a pig and shine it up and polish it and trim its hooves and put a bow on it? Why can you do all of that And as soon as you turn the thing loose again, it's back in the muck and in the mire. See, it's not what the outside looks like. It's still a pig on the inside. And the nature of a pig is to wallow in the filth and in the mire of this world. Well, you know, that's that's what's wrong with sin. I can pretty this man up pretty good on the outside, but inside, man's still impure. Man's still unclean. Uh, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they were a religious people. Their desire and zeal was to be pleasing unto God. And Jesus Himself said, you make clean the outside of the vessel. You look like to everybody around you that you're the right thing, that you're in the right place, and that you're doing the right works. But Jesus said the truth is on the inside, you're filled with dead men's bones. See, the work, it's not that I need to do better. So often that's the way it's put. I need to do a little better. I wish my family would do better. Well, friends, you can shine a pig, but a pig is still unclean on the inside. You can wipe the sepulchers. You can wipe the tombs. You can remodel and make them look pretty, but inside of the sepulcher is still dead men's bones. You can pretty up a sinner and you can make him look religious on the outside, but inside he's still unclean. See what this man here needs? He needs that that's within him to be changed. Now that's out of man's power. Listen to what he says. Who had his dwelling among the tombs. Now he's dwelling in the graveyard if you'll have it. You know where dead people live? In the graveyard. And hogs live in the mire. 
and sinners, they sin. That is their nature. It's the nature of man to go away from God. And no man could bind him, no, not with chains, because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broken in pieces, neither could any man tame him. So here's a man that's living crazy, and he's crazy now because you see that the unclean spirit in him is what's caused him to be this way. I mean, we may look and say, what in the world is wrong with it? Why does this fella act like that? And if we're not careful, we'll have that attitude toward them that are without. Why in the world don't people come to church? Why don't they live right? Why don't they quit that mess? Well, right here's the reason. They are filled with an unclean spirit. The God of this world, he says in Corinthians, hath blinded the minds of them that believe not. You know why man's in the shape he's in? You want to know why our people are in the shape they're in? It's because they're blinded and filled with a very deceptive spirit of the devil himself. Well, preacher, we'll run that off. And I'm going to tell them, well, here this man, they tried to bind him. They bound him with fetters at the arms. That's what that word means. And chains, shackles at the legs. And they said, we're going to bind him. And when he's bound, he's not going to be able to act crazy like he always does. But those were unable to hold him. And I don't know whether he was a crazily strong man in the flesh or whether he just sat there and worked on them long enough until he broke them because he didn't have anything else to do. But the bottom line is, he broke free of what they had chained him to. Now, you know what I'm able to do? I believe you can see it just like this with these two boys that belongs to me back here. I can say, you shouldn't lie. God says, thou shalt not lie. God says... You ought to love your neighbor. God says you ought to live right. God says you ought to go to the house of God. God says you ought to be mindful of the Word. And you know what that does? That's good. I'm not saying that I shouldn't do that in any way. But all that is is chains. You see, their nature is still the same. I can tell them that, but their nature inside them is still that old Adam nature. They've still got a nature to lie. And they've still got a nature to go against the will of God. See, all religion does and all that the law can do for me is put me in chains and bring me under even greater bondage. But you know what happened? I tell you, it happened to me. I was taught those very things. I was taught not to lie. But when the time come, I plucked that off of me. And I lied. Yeah, God bless. I was taught how that I ought to live. And when the time come, I plucked that off of me and I did like I wanted to do. And the law and the, the attempts of man to make me into what I ought to be, the man was unable to affect me and change me. I'll tell you where man gets in that. This unclean spirit, it begins to work so greatly deceiving and blinding the mind. If you looked at this in Luke, Luke gives us another eyewitness account of this. And Luke says the man was naked. He don't say that here. But that's what he says about him in Luke. You know what that was? If you look back in Genesis, Adam and Eve sinned and they were naked. And what does it say? They were ashamed. This man's naked and he's not ashamed. That's where the devil has man today. Look where man is. Look where people are that they're in sin And they're in open sin. And they're unashamed of their sin. You know what's the problem? I tell you. 
the problem is the devil has gotten the minds of man blinded. And you can, you can tell them till you're blue in the face to do better and to live right. And son, the Bible says this, they tried to bind this man and tie him down and prevent him from living like he was living and they were unable to stop it. Can you see that that's the kind of shape that, that mankind is in? Mankind is out of reach of other men. You may have had the finest mom and daddy that taught you the finest lessons that could have ever been taught. They may have brought you up under the best gospel that they could find. They may have prayed for you night after night. They may have said, listen boys, you just need to live right. Listen girls, you just need to do right. You just need to be good people. But I tell you, when we come to age, we plucked those chains off of us and we went to live like we wanted to live. We couldn't be restrained by man. We couldn't be made afraid by man. You know what I can do now? I can threaten judgment and make them afraid. And the God's truth is, that's the only reason they listen to what I say. Ain't it? You look at them that's got no judgment brought. And let them be told, is there any fear? No, but I tell you what's going to happen. They're going to pluck me off of them one day. And they're going to go the way they want to go. They're going to go the way. This is what he says in Ephesians. I believe it's worded perfectly. Wherein in times past ye walked according to the course of this world. According to the prince of the power of the air. Do you reckon that's an unclean spirit? Who is the prince of the power of the air? It's the devil. The spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Man is under the power of Satan and man cannot get himself out from under that power. You see how legion, legion's under the influence of this unclean spirit and God help, he can't help himself. And you see how some of these people there in his home country, they said that poor old fellow's going to kill himself. We need to try to bind him so that he don't get hurt, so that he don't hurt himself. And they come and tried to bind him to try to help him and he had done nothing. Lord, that's the way that's the way every one of us were if we're saved. And if we're lost, that's the way we still are. Though we may not be running in the tombs naked like Legion was, I tell you what we are. We come down here. We hear what we ought to do. We hear how we ought to act. We hear the way God says to live. And we go to the house and we cannot find the ability to do that. What's wrong? God I tell you, we're possessed. Yes. We belong to the devil. So, listen. No, not with chains. Because he had been often, many times, frequently, often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him. And the fetters broken in pieces, neither could any man tame him. This man was untamable. I don't know how you were, but I believe there's many that said that. I believe many in their mind and in their heart said, Daddy ain't going to change me. I don't care what he says. And the preacher, God forbid, that preacher ain't going to change me. I don't care what he preaches. I don't care how many times they come to my house. I don't care what they tell me. This demoniac, why here they come with more chains? That didn't bother him a bit. Let them chain me up. I'll break it back off and I'll do how I want to do. That's the way man is. 
Let them preach against sin. Let them preach against the world. Let mom and daddy tell me. Let the family come and tell me. Let some people that care about me at the church tell me how I ought to do. And I'm going to go on the way I want to no matter what anybody says. Untamable. And I tell you where, where man get. And this is where we've got to get. Well, I can't do nothing for them. Now that's where they had got with this fella here. If they had got to the place that they said, look, there's no hope, there's no sense in even messing with him anymore. And when it comes to sin and people being lost, this is where all of mankind is. It is. I've, I've got a duty to preach. But boy, I tell you, if, if Joseph's all you hear, you'll pluck this off of you and you're going to go out the back door in the same shape you are as when you came in. If I'm the only voice, if Buck's the only voice that you hear, I tell you, those chains, that's not hard to pluck off. But here, the Lord Jesus has come to where this man is. And I tell you what's going to happen. This is going to be a different encounter than anyone he's ever had before. Wouldn't you say this? That when the preacher come, and when the community come, and when the church come, and when mom and daddy come, he was ready to fight with them. Wouldn't you say? Picture it now. They're coming with chains to bind him again. He's going to hide and he's ready to fight. He's putting up his defense and I'm not going to let them do this to me again. Right? Well, here when the Lord Jesus comes, the Bible says that when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him. In verse number 6, when he saw Jesus, he ran and worshipped him. He's not trying to get away. But when Jesus comes, something changes. Do you see that? Something inside of this man changes. And instead of running away, instead of threatening, instead of trying to scare him off, this man comes and falls at his feet. Now, what has happened here? You said the problem was what was inside of him. Well, there must be a work going on on the inside. Think about this now. Jesus, by every account in the Gospels, He had never been to Gadara before. He had never been in this country. This man, Legion, had never seen Him before. Now, if you had never met me, and Buck says Joseph Huntsinger's coming, you don't have any idea who he's talking about. You've never seen me. And when I walk in, you might say, well, I believe that's Joseph because Buck said he was coming. But to know for sure who I am, until you see me, and until you uh, meet me, you don't recognize my name. How did he know who Jesus was? He knew. The Lord appeared to Paul on the road to Damascus. And he said, Lord, who art thou? Now Paul thought that he was serving God. But when Jesus appeared to him, his mind changed. And he said, he recognized him as Lord. This is the Lord. But who are you? You're not the God that I thought I was serving. And it was Jesus whom thou persecutest. And you know what Jesus done now? Just by appearing to Paul. He brought him from a man that said, I'm going to go down to Damascus and everybody that I find that professes the name of Jesus, I'm going to throw them in the prison. May even have one or two of them killed. It took that man from that condition... And in a moment, and in a twinkling of an eye, that man was praying and saying, God, would you send somebody to help me? He told Ananias, he said, Behold, he prayeth. What happened? There was a working going on in the inside. 
Now, he didn't recognize Jesus by his facial features. He didn't recognize him by his clothes. He couldn't have. He had never seen him before with his natural eye. But down in the depths of his heart, God was working in the inward man and he was revealing who his son, the Lord Jesus, was. And he comes and falls at his feet and worshiped him and cried with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with thee, thou son of the most high God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. So who's speaking here? It's the devil. The unclean spirit in this man is saying, have you come to torment me? Now this thought today that the devil's got some kind of power or authority over God or the thought today that there's some war going to take place where the devil's going to fight Well, I would say right here would be a good opportunity for the devil to have rose up and done a little fighting. But you know what he done? He come and he cowered down at the feet of God and he said, have you come to torment me now? Is it my time already? There's not a fight put up between the devil and God. When God shows up, the devil falls on his face in worship even to the Son of God. He does. And every knee's going to bow. And every tongue is going to confess. That includes the devils. That includes the unclean spirit. That includes all of hardened mankind. Everybody is going to confess that this man, this man Jesus, is the Lord and the Savior of the earth. One way or the other, that's going to happen. When he saw Jesus afar off, Now, it's worth saying again, the only reason he saw Jesus was because Jesus came to where he was. The only reason Paul saw Jesus was because Jesus came to where Paul was. The only reason you can go to the Old Testament, the only reason Abraham came out of his home country was because God came to where Abraham was. The only reason Noah began to build an ark was because God came to where Noah was. Ain't it something? Look through Hebrews chapter 11 and you show me where man is ascending up to God. I believe what you're going to find over and over and over again is man's going on with his life like he always does and God shows up in man's life. That's the way it was for me. I'd plucked off the fetters. I'd plucked off the bands. I'd said I'm not going to do it. I'd said no, I'll never do that. I don't want to do that. I've got no desire to do that. But you know who that was? That was the devil in me saying I don't want to leave where I'm at today. That may be said with a mouth, but remember this man's captive of the enemy of mankind and the enemy of God. That's who's got people captive. It's no wonder they run down the gospel. You ought not be surprised that people dislike the church. You ought not be dis- uh, you ought not be surprised that people dislike the preaching of the Word of God and oftentimes, and unjustly so, oftentimes the hatred of the Gospel leads to a hatred of the man too. Friends, I ain't got nothing to do with this, but Marshall's not got anything to do. This book was written long before I was ever thought of among man. This is the Word of God, and it's God is the one that mankind... But it ought not be any surprise. You know why? Because when they speak, the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh, and in the heart sits the devil on the throne. You see that right here. This is the devil speaking through this man legion. And it's the devil that speaks. These men, I believe Buck says it often, these men in pulpits, that it ain't God speaking through. The devil is speaking through them to lie and deceive and to lead astray. But I say this, even in the presence 
of the devil, when the gospel comes on the scene, the devil has to recognize that that is the Word of God. Thank God that it's that way. Paul said, He always causes us to triumph. Whether of life unto life, or of death unto death, the gospel always triumphs. What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of the Most High God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. Now I know these thoughts today that the devil's out in the trees and the spirit's out in the trees and we can go up on the mountain and see the spirit. We can go out to the lake and we can feel the spirit out there by the lake. Well, that's, that's just not true. That's right. Where's the devil at here? He's in this man. And what's he saying? What, what does Jesus do when the devil's inside of men? He casts them out. Where do they go to? Is he casting them out of man and into the trees? No. Is he casting them out of man and into the ocean? Into the deep is what he says here. Now that leads me to think of ocean, but there's a place far deeper than the ocean. There's a place where even the, the demons and the angels that sinned, he says in Peter, they're reserved to fire until the day of judgment. There's a place, and I tell you this today, here this, this devil, he doesn't want to be cast out because when he's cast out of this man, he's got no place to dwell. Ain't that the truth? So the devil then fights and wars and struggles to keep his dwelling place. You see that? And as long as the strong man is armed, keepeth his palace, his goods are at peace. The devil on the throne, we can't oppose him. I can't run him off. Legion can't run him off. The church can't come together and run him off. The family couldn't run him off. I tell you what he was. He was just fine where he was. And I was at peace. I was living in sin. Had no idea that I was in sin. Had no idea the God's truth. Though I knew the Word of God. Now this... This is how twisted that the devil gets the mind. That even though I knew and understood the Word of God, even though I knew that God didn't accept sin, and here I am, an open sinner, I thought I was going to be all right. Did that thought come from the book? Did God give me that thought? Then where did that come from? The devil, you see. Torment me not. For he had said unto him, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. So the Lord said, Come out of him. And he asked him, What is thy name? And he answered saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. Now you think about that. You remember the angel that wrestled with Jacob. You remember what the angel asked him there? He said, let me go. And Jacob wouldn't let him go. But he asked Jacob a question there. He said, what's your name? Who are you? You know what this man's name was? Legion. Now literally, that's the word that the Romans used for a band of soldiers. And he says, I've been called legion because there's many. There's many evil spirits, many unclean spirits. You know what he was known by? He was known by what was in him. His outward man and his reputation among man, he was named, he was known by what dwelled in him. See, what's on the inside, that's what controls this outer man. It's the truth. People are the servants of sin. And understand this now. They don't want the gospel 
and they don't want the church and they don't want the Word of God. They don't want it's the Spirit of God. They don't want to be here. They'd rather be at other places. They'd rather serve sin. You know why that is? That's what's in them that's coming out. And they're known by what they are. You know, I'd, I'd be ashamed to hear what people that knew me before I was saved would say my reputation was then. You know what I was known by? The evil and the sin and the ungodliness that came from the devil in me out through this flesh. That's what I was known by. What is your name? What's your name? And he said, my name is Jacob. Now in the Bible, names mean a whole lot more than just something that I think sounds good, we're going to give it to our young'uns. Names had a meaning. Jacob meant subplanner. You know what Jacob was? He was one that come to thieve and to steal and by trickery take what he could get. And you know what he had to say to God? Jacob, what's your name? It's more than just what's your name. Well, my name's Joseph. No, he's saying, who are you? Jacob had to say, listen, I'm one that's come and I stole my brother's birthright from him. I come before my dad and I deceived him that I might steal the blessing from my brother. I went down to my father-in-law's place and I lied and I stole that I might gain his cattle. I'm just a sinner. That's what Legion's going to have to say. My name's Legion. I'm possessed. You know what I had to do? I tell you, the Lord come by me one day and He said, what's your name? And I had to say, I am a sinner. I have failed and come short and I have no righteousness within me. He besought Him much that He would not send them away out of the country. And there was nigh under the mountains a great herd of swine feeding And forthwith Jesus gave them leave. And the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine. And the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea. They were about 2,000 and were choked in the sea. So now before this happened, these swine are out and they're hogs, they're pigs, They're not intelligent like man, but they know where the edge is and they know not to go over it. And they're out in the field and they're out there eating and acting like they always did. Acting as their nature was. But the moment that the Lord gave leave, and I want you to notice that as well, they didn't say, well, we're going to these swine. They said, would you give us permission, Jesus? And would you allow us to go here? And Jesus gave them permission. I want you to know that the devil is indeed on a chain today. He is not free to do as he pleases. And if the devil was free and had power to do as he pleases, there would be nobody saved. He'd never leave. He'd say, that's my house and you're not coming in. But I tell you what comes, a stronger man than he comes. And you know what he does? He puts a chink in his armor and he runs him out and he takes over what he's got. Thank God that a stronger man comes. But notice what happens here. When he gives leave, the devils go out and they enter into the swine. And a week later, no, a day, an hour, a minute. No, it, it looks to me like the second that the devils entered into the herd of swine. 2,000 of them. Now they lost their reasoning. You see that? What little reasoning that swine had. They knew not to go over the ledge. And they were not going over the ledge before. But they lost that reasoning And they went and ran over the ledge. I don't know how big of a drop it was, but they ran into the sea where they know better than to go. You know a cow, not a brilliant animal, but you can put 
cattle gate grates in the road where you've got a break in the fence, and they see that and say, I can't go over that. I'll, I'll fall down in between of those holes, and they won't cross it. That's right. They've got enough rational ability to see that. Well, here, the swine lost their rational ability in whatever nature that they had, and they ran over a steep place into the sea, and they drowned there. Now, that's the way man is. Man is not rational. He's not. Buck talked this morning, and everything he said made wonderful sense. And in the mind, we know this. We know we're not taking anything with us. We know what we've got is vain when the day of death comes. But you know, man under the influence of the devil is irrational. No, I'm going to lay up and I'm going to live good. This is the way the devil works. And what was the end of the swine? They died in the sea. 2,000 swine died in the sea from this devil. Now, if, if the devil remains in me, what's the end of me going to be? It's going to be the same end, isn't it? Except not a lake. Not Lake Douglas around the corner here, but it's going to be death and the lake of fire that burneth forever and ever. If the devil remains in me, that's going to be my end, and that is the end that the devil wants to see. You know what he is? He's a liar from the beginning. He's a murderer. He's a thief. And he cometh not but for to steal, kill, and destroy. I tell you, if you met somebody... Like that, with no remorse, that killed just to kill, that murdered just to murder, you'd say that's the most sadistic and evil man that there is. The devil's not looking for a place just to live and be at peace. The devil's looking for something that he can destroy. If he wanted to live, he could have dwelt there in those swine and been happy to do so. But I tell you what he was doing. He was looking for something that he could destroy and sin. Something that he could take the life from. The devil would like to take man into destruction. Away from God. Mark said, what he took was what was hurting us. There's a lot of truth in that. This man was in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. He was harming himself. Now sadly, sadly that happens literally in our day. But I tell you whether I intend on it or not, sin and the devil causes me to do things that destroys me. The devil causes me to do things that destroys my life. You know why that is? Because that's what pleases the devil. Death, judgment, and destruction pleases the devil. Wouldn't it be wonderful to get out from under this man's control? My God, what a wicked and sadistic master that this is that wants to take people into destruction. That's only desire is to bring man to death and into hell. I tell you what a wonderful thing when the Lord Jesus comes by the lives of them that's under the devil. You know what the devil did? He choked the swine. Now here's a sad thing. Those that fed those swine, 2,000 of them, that cost quite a bit of money today. I don't know how much they cost then. For the Jew, they couldn't eat them anyway. They were unclean in this day. I don't know what they were worth. But 2,000 of them, if they just worth a dollar a piece, that cost them $2,000. And they run back to the city and said, Look, this has happened, and all my hogs have run in the sea, and they're dead. This man's cost me everything that I've got. Now that's what the world says. Mark, just like you said, 
The world says you're going to give up too much. It's going to cost you too much. You're going to have to give away all the good. I tell you, that's, that's the way people that are under the influence of the devil thinks. But you know what this man got? I tell you, he lost 2,000 head of swine. But this man, Legion, they're going to come and find him sitting, clothed, and in his right mind. Now do you reckon that though the world says it costs too much, do you reckon Legion was thankful for what he got? Legion was a new man. What was causing the trouble in him had been cast out. And now the Lord is the King. And do you know what that did now? Now, it wasn't the family saying, well, he ought to do better. When God cleans the inside man, the outside man changes accordingly. The outside man doesn't change. Then I tell you of a truth, by the Word of God, the inside man's never changed either. I can't come to the altar and God change my inner man and this outer man never be affected. Right. But I tell you, here was a man, his body and his actions and his words and his deeds day by day, they were caused by that unclean spirit that was influencing him. And when God cast out that unclean spirit, here he sets a different man than what he was before. And I tell you this, everybody that knew him, Everybody that tried to bind him. Everybody that wanted him to do better. They took notice. Listen. And when they saw, they that saw it told how it befell to him that was possessed with the devil. And verse 15. Him that was possessed with the devil and had the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind and they were afraid. They knew what this man was. This man was untamable. But the Lord Jesus had tamed this man. This man wasn't going to go back to the tombs. He wasn't going to go back to the world. He had a new master and was no longer under the influence of the unclean spirit. You know what the world needs? They need the Lord to cast the devil out of them. And friends... Until the devil's cast out. I don't care what you say or what you do to them. They're not leaving the tombs. Until the mind and the reasoning of the hog is taken out of the hog, he's not leaving the pig pen. That's where he's home. Until the sinner is changed and born again, and made into a new creature, they're not going to change the outward man until the inward man is changed. And when he was come into the ship, now they've prayed that the Lord would depart, and the Lord's going to depart. He's leaving. Sad, ain't it? That's the way our world is. The Lord's not here today in person, in flesh, walking along to meet our people. But you know what he's got? Listen, when he come into the ship, he that had been possessed with the devil prayed him that he might be with him. He said, I want to accompany you, Jesus. I want to be a disciple. I want to follow along with you. But Jesus says, go home to thy friends and tell to announce in detail how great things the Lord hath done for thee and hath had compassion on thee. You know what he said? He said, Legion, I'm leaving town. They've run me off. But you go back. They know you. And they know how you lived. And they know your old reputation. And I tell you, Legion, when you walk in the door, they take notice that something has happened to you. You go down there and you tell them what I did for you. Yes. You know what the church is doing? 
what the church's job is. If God's done anything in us, if He's changed us, we ought to be telling what God has done for us. Yeah, blessing. Publishing. And notice that word there. And hath had compassion. Compassion's a word that honest is not thought much of. If it was by compassion that God spoke to Legion, then it was not a result of something Legion done to earn it. You see that? It's backwards today. The gospel is presented as come to the altar and you do this and then God will save you. I've got to do first and then God will reciprocate. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's just not true. That's not what happened here. You know what Legion did? He stayed in his sin. And you know what caused God to stop by him was compassion. Now you think back to you now. Did you change all of a sudden and say, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do my best to do the right thing and serve God and maybe God will come by and save me. No, I, I stayed in my sin and I stayed in my filth until the Lord Jesus came to me by the Spirit of God and let me see where I was. I didn't give him any reason to do that. That was his compassion and divine love for my soul, not because of anything good I did, but because God looked on me and loved me. Legion, go tell about my compassion. Ah, people think, well, they can't come in in the shape they're in. They're going to have to clean up first. That ain't the case. When God calls, I don't care how they are. When God calls and they come, they'll get up cleaned up. And it'll be by the compassion of the Lord. And He departed and began to publish. Boy, you know what this was? This encounter, it wasn't a one-time thing for 15 minutes and that was the end of it. That's what people are trusting in to get to heaven at the end. Well, I know I'm going to heaven because I went to the altar one time and I prayed a little prayer and I got baptized and, and well, I'm trusting in that to get me there. But you know, from that time forward, there's not been much done, has there? Any working of God in the heart any presence of the Spirit of God bubbling up out of that life? So often, absolutely not. But you know what this did for Legion? That was the beginning of a new life for him. And he departed and began to publish. That word publish right there, if you look that up, that's translated in Acts and through the epistles as preach. You know what he's doing? He's preaching and declaring the good news and the good work, not of him, not what he's done, but what the Lord Jesus Christ has done for him. Because if Jesus hadn't passed by, he's going to still be in the tombs. Now, let's bring that to me. If God don't pass by me, then where am I at today? And if God doesn't pass by you, where would you be? So you see, it's not of works. It's the call of God that brought us out of that wicked condition. 